Good morning, Bethlehem. How are y'all doing this morning? It's good to have those of you able to be with us this morning. We've got some people on Facebook Live joining us as well, so we're very thankful that y'all can make it this morning. Wanted to give a few updates and intros before we had a chance to turn over to the praise team. Um, and also want to do what Pastor Shallow does. Very thankful that you're able to be here with the best church in Chino County this morning. Amen. Amen. Uh, Given a, a few updates on some prayer requests that we'd asked for. Brother Richard Haggard, if you don't see him, he's right here. We prayed over him. He had a procedure on Tuesday, and man, God is good, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, it's so good to see you, Brother Richard. Uh, continue to pray for Brother Jack Bates. He's doing well. He's being treated with medication as well. Uh, I don't know about you, but Wednesday night when we have life group, we had a lot of prayer updates, but really more so than anything, we had a lot of praise items. I love when we get updates in relation to where God's answering prayer. Um, a lot of people are traveling. As you see, I'm not Pastor Shiloh. We're, we're missing Brandon. We're missing Dusty. We've got a lot of families vacationing this week, so definitely be in prayer for those uh, families as they're vacationing. Uh, remember those families that are suffering recent loss, the Morgan family, the Brown family, the, the Cannon, the Simpkins family as well. Uh, a very good update in relation to Brother Jesse Boyd. Brother Jesse was at the 9 o'clock service. He is cancer-free. He went in this past week and had his test done, and, and uh, you know, Miss Lisa was getting emotional about it on Wednesday night, and I, I was too. It was excellent to hear that good news. But um, I, I do want you all to go ahead and make sure this morning you're praying for Brother Dan Brown. Uh, Brother Dan's been going through a lot the last week. He is going to be able to be deliver our message today. We're very excited to hear from him and what God has placed upon his heart. Uh, so definitely go ahead and just, if you can, lift up a prayer for him. Um, and, and he's got an ordination service coming up soon. When is that, Dan? Next week. Next week. All right. So, so we're very excited. Hopefully you'll be here in, in preparation for that as well. So if we can, let's go ahead and go to the Lord in prayer and get this service started off the proper way. Father God, thank you so much for who you are. Lord, thank you for allowing us to be here on this beautiful day. God, thank you for those people that made a point to be here. I know that there's some that are they're not capable of getting out, and God, hopefully they have a chance to hear us uh, through Facebook Live. And God, I pray that as we go into this service, every aspect of this service you're a part of. God, I pray that you're with the songs. I pray that we prepare our hearts for worship right now. And it's not about the songs that we're singing. It's about what we can give back to you because of what you've already given to us. Lord, we love you. I pray that you just be with our song service. I pray that you be with our special music. Lord, I pray you be with Brother Dan as he's going to bring, uh, bring in a message. I pray you hide him behind the cross and speak through him in a mighty way. We love you. We probably sing in your son's precious and holy name. Amen. All right, everybody, go ahead and stand with us as we start worship today.
right on the last. Uh, hopefully we can uh, stay in rhythm on this. This is uh, one of my favorite songs. Amazing Grace, but they added a little bit to it. My chains are gone. I want you to think about that. You're here today because those chains are gone. That grace is amazing. Our chains are gone. Uh, so we're going to sing Amazing Grace for our last song today. thank you for um, the fact that our chains are broken. Thank you for your mercies that are new ever, every morning. Thank you, Father, for preparing our hearts to worship you, to give you the glory that you deserve. Lord, I thank you for your messenger this morning. I thank you for the message that you've given him. I pray that it will impact us, change us, prepare us to go out into this world, and, and reach people for you. Uh, that's our mission, is to, to know you more every day and to make you known everywhere that we go. Help not just our example, but our words. Speak that to people. And be with Brother Dan this morning as he brings your word. We love you, we praise you, for in your name we pray, amen. You may be seated.
John saw a city that could not be hid. John saw that city. Oh, yes, he did. John caught a glimpse of the golden throne. Tell me all about it. Go right on around the throne. He saw the crystal sea. There's got to be more. What will it be? I want to go to that city he saw, New Jerusalem. Jerusalem, I want to walk your streets that are golden. And I want to run where the angels have trod. Jerusalem, I want to rest on the banks of your river. In that city, city of God. John saw a lion lay down with a lamb. I want to know everything about that lamb. John saw the day but did not see night. The Lamb of God, well, must be the light. He saw the saints worship the great I Am, crying, worthy, worthy is the Lamb. I want to go to that city he saw, New Jerusalem. Jerusalem, I want to walk your streets that are golden. And I want to run where the angels have trod. Jerusalem, I want to rest on the banks of your river. In that city, city of God. Jerusalem, Jerusalem, sing for your night is on. Hosanna in the highest.
Good morning. Uh, first off, I'd like to say thank you for your prayers. In my mind, it didn't go over this bad before. So, thank you for your prayers for my family um, and things that you've done. It really does mean a lot. Um, and I'm happy to be back at church with good godly people who love you. And so we're glad you're here. So. I don't, I, have, I don't have a PowerPoint because I can barely put rational thoughts together, so <clears throat> we'll just go with that. Um, but I am glad to be up here. Um, I, I do appreciate Shiloh giving me the chance to get up here and speak. He texted me, actually he texted Melinda this week. I guess he thought she would be a buffer for me. But... Uh, <clears throat> Whenever she said something, I'll be honest with you, I really didn't want to do it. And I got to just kind of sitting down and, and thinking about it. And I could hear my grandma, who lost her a couple of years ago, and Dad, you need to do this. It's like, well, I guess I'll stand up there and give it my best shot. So here we are. Um, I'm going to talk about knowing things, and I really don't have one passage of scripture to give you. So if you have your Bibles, I'm thrilled about that. I can get, we're going to start out in Genesis if you want to turn there. That's a good spot, or we'll be in Romans. Take your pick, whatever. But there's a difference between having a knowledge of something and knowing something, Right? We all could say, what is 2 plus 2? That's 4, right? It's okay to talk back. I deal with teenagers that don't talk back, so I'm used to it. Except for a couple. Kayla's usually pretty good for a response. Okay? But 2 plus 2 is 4, right? A little, a little bit more difficult. 10 times 10 is 100. Right? E equals MC squared. If you could like to explain that to me and solve it, you come right up here, Okay? Or trigonometry. You have to go to school to learn all this trigonometry and calculus. And the only person I know that might use it is Caleb sitting back there in the back. Okay? We have a brief knowledge, right? We have a brief knowledge of even our, our cars, our automobiles, right? We can put gas in it. We can change oil. We can maybe change the tire if it goes wrong. Check different things, right? But we have mechanics. So when something goes wrong, we can take our Ford to our mechanic, and he can get it, maybe get it fixed. I say that for Kendall because I know he's got a Ford truck that I haven't seen in like five years. Okay. So if a person says he likes a Ford, he knows a lot about cars. Okay. I said there's a difference between just knowing something and having a knowledge of something, right? And I want to ask you a question. Do you know Jesus? After my grandma passed, I got a note. My oldest brother found it and gave it to me. And one thing that it said was, in every lesson, sermon you preach, share the gospel. And when Pastor Shiloh had asked me to preach, I'm sitting there and I'm thinking about all this stuff. And I'm like, you know, not real short notice, but not, hey, next month I need you to do this. And I'm which I've been given 10 minutes to notice before from Will. But, so that's all right. I'm good on the shorthand, I guess. But I'm sitting there, I'm thinking, what should I do? And, you know, and a lot of times you start thinking about what you're reading in your devotion or maybe a passage that you've been talking to you lately, been speaking to you. And as I was sitting there, I was actually laying in bed one night trying to go to sleep. And just, do you know Jesus? kept coming into my head. 
and just sharing the gospel. So that's what we're going to do. Maybe you're here and you don't know the gospel, you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, but God, we're going to explain it today. If you're on Facebook and you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you're going to hear the gospel today. And we are going to start all the way back at the beginning with Adam and Eve. Right? We know that God made the world. It took six days to form the world, sun, moon, stars, animals, all that. Okay? And then on the last day, he makes man. And then he makes woman. And then he takes a nap because it's hard work making a world, right? But we see Adam and Eve, and they're placed in this Garden of Eden. Everything's perfect. God says, Adam, you've got dominion. Take care of it. Do anything you want, or eat anything you want, except for the one tree. Right? And those of you with children, when you say... I don't care what you do, just don't do this. I guarantee you it's getting done, right? Whatever it may be. And even as adults, it's still the same thing. Well, my wife told me not to do this, but I think it might be a good idea. If your wife tells you not to do it, it's a bad idea. Don't do it, okay? Some of you who may be looking at marriage or just got married, if your wife says don't do it, don't do it. It's never a good idea. We don't have any of those things going on in my house. And I have perfect children that listen all the time, too. <laughs> but God says, don't eat of the tree of the good knowledge, all right? The tree of knowledge of good and evil, sorry. And then in Genesis 2.17, he says, if you eat of that tree, you will surely die. So here's Adam and Eve standing in the midst of the garden looking at this tree, and they said, man, that looks really tasty. That's some nice-looking fruit on there. And we know the story. The serpent is there, and he persuades Eve. And Eve takes a bite of the apple. Right? So it's all the woman's fault. Yeah, we got, we got one brave man over here. Okay? It's a brick house, okay? Some of you will remember that from a long time ago. But he eats the, they both eat the fruit, okay? And when they eat that fruit, it all goes downhill, right? Adam and Eve have eaten the fruit. They have sinned. Sin has now entered our world. And the funny thing about the first thing that they realize, they both realize that they're naked, which is kind of funny, right? Because this whole time they're just walking around naked. And they realize they're naked and they run and they hide and here comes God and they hear him walking in the garden and God's calling out, where are you guys at? And it's like, well, we're hiding because we're naked and we didn't want you to see us naked. And God's like, well, who told you you were naked? And he's like, well, the serpent told us. And then in Genesis 3.15, we see the first look at the gospel. Right? Sin has entered into the earth, entered into the world. Now we are born in a sin nature. As a man, right, I never had to be taught wrong. I never had to look at Collier and Lila and say, okay, I'm going to tell you not to do something. You don't do it. Right? And then that happens. They do it. I say, hey, Collier, I need you to just backtalk me all day long. It's really fun. You should try it. Okay? I didn't have to tell him that. He just does it. Actually, more Lila, but they both do. She's a little sassy thing. Right? We didn't have to be taught how to be bad. And that comes from Adam and Eve. And that comes from that. But we see God gives the gospel. In Genesis 3.15, he talks about he's going to bruise the serpent. Right? That's Jesus saying, I'm coming, and I'm going to take care of this. Okay? And he tells Adam and Eve that. And if you remember in Genesis 2.17, it says that you will surely die when they eat that fruit. Okay? They did not like flop over dead right then and there. Right? We know the story. They went and they had Cain and Abel and all the whole nine yards. Okay? We know the rest part of, the, of them on the earth. But the fact that they died is they, that sin entered and separated us from God. And we experienced that death from God, that eternal separation from God. And God shows up in Genesis 3 and he says, I'm going to take care of this. I'm sending a Savior sooner, or I'm going to send a Savior later. So now that sin is part of our human nature, Romans 5.12 tells us that therefore just as sin came into the world through one man and death through sin, and so death spread to all men because all sinned. 
And after you read that verse, you say, really appreciate that, Adam. We had a good thing going. And then sin enters into the world. But if you read on just a few verses later in 519, it says, For as by the one man's disobedience the many were made sinners, so by one man's obedience the many will be made righteous. So just as Adam's sin is part of us now, it's part of our sin nature, we're born as a woman, we have been born into that sin nature, just as that came from Adam, God sent His Son, Jesus, we're going to talk about in a second, to make all of us righteous, to pay that price that we could not pay. Right? We see that God sends His Son. Because the sin, the price of sin, the penalty of sin, is something that we could not pay. Right? You read in, keep reading on in Romans, the wages of sin is death. Right? We can't pay that price. There's nothing that I can do. There's no many good deeds or being so still sinners. God sent His Son. Not while we were good people, God sent His Son to take care of While we were sinners, while we were dying, while we were destined to, to go to hell, God sent His Son for us. And finally, after thousands of years, after years and years and years of prophecy, right, and all the things that leads up to it, we finally get to see Jesus. And he comes as a little baby, right? And he's born in a manger, but born in a cave with animals. Yesterday, and I was, I mean, this is not a glorious, it's not like they were at Midtown, okay? And you got your green bracelet and you can't go in there if you don't have it. A nice clean room, okay? Yesterday we were attempting to buy fireworks because everybody else had bought them. And we're standing at the fireworks stand, and it smelled like the Porta John had like literally tipped over right in front of the door, or the, the gate to it. And it, did, I don't know if you picked that up or not, but it, it smelled horrible. And that's about what Jesus was born into, what it probably smelled like, okay? And he's supposed to be the king of kings. And he comes into this earth just as humbly as can be, right? Born from the Virgin Mary, he comes into the world as just a little baby. And he lives a perfect life, right? We all think we have perfect little angels that burn the house down or color all over it with crowns or break picture frames. Jesus actually was a perfect little angel when he was born, right? And he came and he lives this perfect life because he loves us. Because he values us. He values you. He wants you to be with heaven in him for eternity. So God sent his son to suffer death. Death on the cross. The most humiliating way to die. And God comes. The king of kings. The lord of lords. And he takes on sin. He takes on shame. He takes on all that. I love... In the Gospels, whenever you see Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane. Because if you want to know how to pray, you need to read those verses. They're in all four Gospels. Look them up. Jesus is sitting there. He's looking at this cup of sin and shame and all these things that he's about to go through. And he's stressed so much where his, his sweat becomes blood, right? And he's praying out to God the Father crying out, saying, God, if there is another way, let's do this. But at the end, three different times, he says, nevertheless, God, if it's your will, I'll do it. If you want to know how to pray, that's how you pray. I know in my life <clears throat> that prayer has been a struggle. And I remember whenever Dad was diagnosed with cancer and we went back home and me and my two brothers and Dad are all sitting down in the basement just talking about life and things that are going on and different stuff. 
and we're kind of getting ready to you know wrap up dad was i remember he was saying i want to live i want to fight i want to do what i can but i'm tired and i'm ready and he decided he wanted to pray well, he calls on me to pray. I don't know why I wasn't giving him any eye contact. I was looking down like you're supposed to, and you don't get called on. I'm the youngest one. You have two other choices. My dad called on me to pray. And I remember I was just sitting there, and I was praying. Obviously, God, take this away. I don't want to think about this. Just take it away. I know you can, Right? God can do, does the impossible. But at the end of my prayer, I remember Jesus in the garden. Jesus in the garden. <clears throat> and if I and I said, God, if it's your will, take it. But if not, give us the strength. And I know that's kind of a side note, sorry. But that's what Jesus was going through. He's saying, God, I don't want to do this, but if that's what it takes, sign me up. And then we see he, he gets up and he meets his accusers, right? And he's standing there. He even puts a guy's ear back on that gets chopped off. And he goes and he endures all this. And he... Goes to the cross, he's crucified, he's killed, he's buried in the grave. And you just think it's all lost, right? I, my upbringing was... Mom and Dad liked to listen, more Dad than Mom, truthfully, liked to listen to Southern Gospel music, okay? And I remember they always... There's the Kingsman, there's Gold City... The cathedrals, okay? They weren't real big in the Gaither, but whatever, okay? But I remember there's a, a song from the Kingsman called The Judgment, and it's this picture, picture of the end of the world. Ken knows what I'm talking about, okay? Satan thought he had won. But then... I love this in Mark 16, 6. They're running to the tomb. The angel stands before him and he says, And he said to them, Do not be alarmed. You seek Jesus of Nazareth, who was crucified. He is risen. He's not here. Go see the place where he's laid, where he was laying. You can't say that about any other God, right? religious leader. You can go and you can find their bones. God's not there. And that is the news that God has entrusted us to share with others. Right? In Matthew 28, he says, I give you all authority in heaven and earth. Go and make disciples. Tell them about me. Teach. Preach. Share the gospel. Melinda used to sing a song, Do They See Jesus in Me? Do the people you know see Jesus in you? Now there's a saying, <clears throat> it goes like this, you probably heard it before, it says, preach the gospel at all times and if necessary use words. I'm going to read it one more time. Okay, Preach the gospel at all times and if necessary, use words. I like that statement, but at some point you're going to have to preach the gospel. You're going to have to share the gospel with using words. Right? It's not enough just to be an example. Right? There comes a point when you have to stand up and tell somebody about Jesus. Let them know what he's done in your life. 
right? And are we living a life that points others toward Jesus? As I was going over this, I kept thinking in the book of Daniel, right? You have, there's two great examples of their lives pointing others toward Jesus and great things happening because of the example that they set. You have Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, Daniel chapter 3, right? They're supposed to bow down and worship this image that King Nebuchadnezzar has set up. He says, all right, I'm going to give you the, at this certain time, then all these instruments are going to play and you're going to bow down and worship this image. If not, you're going to die. And that time comes. Three people are left standing. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. King Nebuchadnezzar gets mad. He says, I'm going to give you guys one more shot. And they look at him and say, I don't need your shots because I ain't doing it. You want to throw me in the furnace? I don't care because God's going to deliver me. Whether that's in life or in death, God's going to deliver me. And then they get thrown into the fire, the furnace, right? We know the story. You get thrown into the furnace. And then Nebuchadnezzar looks in and there's four people walking around. They're having a good time, singing and praising. He come, they come out. Not a hair was burnt on them. And after that, you see that just... The glory that God received. King Nebuchadnezzar says it's like, there's no other God but your God that could do this. Okay? When you look on a little bit later, Daniel chapter 6, you have Daniel getting thrown into a lion's den. Because King Darius kind of got tricked into this decree saying, you can pray only to me. And Daniel says, I don't give a rip. I'm going to pray to God. Matter of fact, I'm going to do it in front of my window three times a day so everybody can hear me. That's, that's my version of the Bible, okay? That's not exactly what it says. Close enough. And he gets thrown into the lion's den for that. If you've seen the VeggieTales version of it, they have pizza while they're down there. Okay? Your kids, don't, they might know. Well, you guys might know. That came out whenever I was little, so maybe nobody knows. I don't know. But King Darius rushes out. And he says, Daniel, are you there? Yes, I'm here. Then we have another decree that says this is the one true living God. So from two kings of Babylon, because they lived a life that pointed others toward Jesus, these worldly kings say their God is the one true God. Are we living a life that points others to Jesus? Are we sharing the gospel? Are we going out telling people, like Matthew 28 says, making disciples? Right? This is a tough question. Who do we know that needs to hear the gospel? Right? Who do we know that needs to hear the gospel? Is it a friend, family member, co-worker, mom, dad, child, right? Who do we know that needs to hear the gospel? Hebrews 9, 27 tells us, And just it is appointed for man to die once, and after that comes the judgment. I hate to tell you this earth-shattering news, but we're all going to die one day. Right? And we don't know when. Right? Be hit by a car on the way home. Gone. Be a tornado comes through. Gone. Heart attack. Gone. And I, I, I don't say that to be morbid or to scare you. But I say that just so we realize how fragile life is. Are we sharing the gospel? There's a pastor... Well, he used to be a pastor. He retired down in just outside Atlanta. His name's Johnny Hunt. And his big thing was, who's your one? Right? We may not be able to go to the ends of the earth and share the gospel. Right? That may not be something that God has called us to do. But Matthew 28, if we are a Christian, God says, go and make disciples. Who is your one? Figure out who that one is. You pray for that person every day that somehow God will break their heart to the gospel. 
You go out and you share the gospel with them. They may not like it, they may not want to hear it, but you share it with them anyway. Right? We were talking to one of the teens, me and Bradley, after our blessing Wednesday night, and they were talking about, I tried to say something to this person about the gospel and they didn't want to hear it, I, just, I didn't know what to do. And I said, that's fine. I said, you know, sometimes you're planting the seed. Sometimes you're watering that seed. Sometimes you're harvesting, right? If you've ever tried to share the gospel with somebody, very rarely do you go out and say, hey, let me tell you about Jesus. And they say, right on, dude, let's get saved right here. Okay? It's going to take a little while. But are we sharing the gospel? Who's our one? And once we find that one and we hammer that one, and that one finally comes to know Jesus, who's your one? Who's your other one? Men. Dads specifically. We've been doing a Bible study about taking back your roar. Okay, you know, that's. God sold us to lead our families. It's our duty as a man, as a father, to lead our children to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. And it's time that we, and I, this whole sermon is pointed right back at me too. I want you to think I'm on a high horse or anything. It's all pointed right back at me. We need to make sure our children, number one, know Jesus as their personal Lord and Savior, and two, are growing in that knowledge each and every day. And more oftentimes than we want to admit, we put that responsibility on our wives. It's time for us to step up and say, I'm going to be that D6 dad, Deuteronomy 6. I'm going to teach my kid about Jesus all day long. When we're riding in the car, when we're asking things, I'm teaching them about Jesus. Do we know Jesus? Do others see Jesus in us? You know, as I was going over this, and I kind of forgot to talk about it, so I'm going to go back and talk about it. Do they see Jesus in me? How we respond to things in life points others toward God. In good times and bad times. Right? It's real easy in good times when you get a promotion at work or you're able to make more money or you get a raise or whatever. So, man, I did all this hard work and I stayed over time and did this and that and the next thing and now I'm in this position. It's real easy to take credit for that. And say, you know what? God's given me the abilities that I have. My employer recognized it and that's why I'm in the position that I'm in. It's all because of God. And we take that and we point it toward Jesus. When life absolutely is no good, do they see Jesus? We talked about this Wednesday night in life group or our teen class, whatever you want to call it. Our circumstances don't determine our joy, our peace, or our contentment. I'll be honest with you, my circumstances right now, I'm not very happy. Let's be real with you. But I can take joy to know whose I am. My earthly daddy may be gone. But I'm the child of a king. 
And that is the message that we need to share with others. And it's time for us. This world is going bad real fast. And a lot of people need to hear Jesus. A lot of people need to know Jesus. And it's time for us as a church to quit playing church, putting on a mask, everything's okay when we come to church, and getting out and telling people that we know about Jesus. It's time for us to do those things. So real quick before I close, I just want to ask you one last time. Do you know Jesus? Do you have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ? If not, today is the day. I I know we're probably not supposed to come down to the altar and pray, God's bigger than Corona. I probably shouldn't have said that because it's on Facebook, but I don't care. Okay? You want to pray with somebody about accepting Jesus as your Lord and Savior? You come find me. I'll pray with you. I'm not scared. If you're a Christian and you know that you've slipped off, that you've kind of been coasting, make it right. Right? 1 John 1, 9, if we confess our sins, Jesus is faithful and just to forgive us and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Don't leave this church today without being right with God because we don't know when our time is up. So do we know Jesus? Let's pray. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for your gift to us that we did not deserve. And Father, I just pray that as we live each and every day as our lives, that everything we do should point others toward you. And God, that we would have the boldness that we need to stand before them and say, let me tell you about Jesus and let me tell you about what he's done in my life. Give us the strength that we need. We thank you for who you are. That just there's just power in your name. God, this week as I was praying, I just kept saying your name, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. And I just felt that peace and that comfort come over me, God. And I thank you that there's power in just merely speaking your name. God, we love you. We thank you and we give you the praise for everything. In Jesus' name, amen.